listening to Welcome, everybody, to What's a Truck on this beautiful Monday afternoon. What is it? July 13th, 2020. I'm the dude. He's Dooner. How you doing today, Dooner? What's happening, man? I'm pulling up the uh, I'm pulling up the LinkedIn comments right now. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, getting this shared out to the people. Right before we went on air, though, I was watching this news report, okay? So you know how a lot of pubs, especially in Europe, trying to reopen, trying to get people out there. Well, their management at a popular pub in Cornwall has gone the distance. They've put up an electrofe- electrified fence around the bar. Would you, uh, you know, taste great, less filling? Would you go to this bar, Michael Vincent? I, <laughs> yeah, I think I would. It's kind of a novelty thing, right? And plus, it's fertile grounds for new beer drinking games, right? Like, hey, Dooner, hold my beer. I'm going to try something. Yeah, it's one way to catch a buzz. Speaking of buzz, man, you can feel it around Freight Waves, that energy, whenever everyone is all hands on deck, getting ready for our next live event, Freight Waves Live 3PL Summit coming up next Tuesday, I think it is, right? It is next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm excited as hell. I, it, it's awesome. It's like being at the desk at game day or or during the Super Bowl, Dooner. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the content and everything is, is top-notch, brother. What do we got on list here? Well, the agenda, it's not completely finalized because we're still moving some parts around and we have so much content to cram into the thing. But some of the things that I've seen on the agenda that I'm super excited about are we're going to have our keynote from Bradley Jacobs, XBO CEO and chairman, right? Right. Yeah. Wonderful, awesome. wonderful theory of freight with Dr. Jason Miller, associate professor at the Eli Broad School of Business, Michigan State University, and uh, Craig Fuller, founder and CEO of Freight. We're going to talk about that waterfall theory of freight, which is uh, on the books now. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I then, love the waterfall theory, by the way. We got uh, I, so, I, I think it's right. And, you know, no Freightways live event would be complete without a new version of Sonar. Sonar 7.0 will debut. Andrew Silver from Molo, he'll be on there. We had an excellent interview with him on What the Truck just recently. Plus, of course, we're going to have the live desk, and the live desk is what really uh, gets me out of the house. It's, it's what makes the conference, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> it sure does, man. We have, uh, <laughs> we have some guests here, too. Matthew Kane, he says, good morning, folks. Wayne Craig, good morning from Arkansas. Wow, Wayne, getting all over the country. He's a, he's yeah, a, he's all over the place, man. Yeah, he's a driver. Follow him on LinkedIn. Good, he's a good follow. Uh, Variety Schwartz says, good morning, and... Uh, Menjunata BG says, good morning. So hello to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Let us know uh, where you guys are writing in from. Uh, so today we have a really exciting show, right? Where we have news and conversation about everything from human trafficking to AI and data in the supply chain. We'll get into insurance and we even have a play it forward guest. So before we get to them, let's tip the band. Connect to win yeah. with Redwood Connect, supply chain integration platform from Redwood Connect that connects every last part of your supply chain, turning the logistics maze into a freeway. It connects your disparate hard-to-manage silos using a drag-and-drop platform that's so easy, it feels like magic. Learn more about Redwood Connect at redwoodlogistics.com. Want to get into some headlines? Yeah, let's do that. Friday Schwartz listening in from Vancouver, Washington. Portland, All Oregon right. area today, though, so... Have, have a safe time in your travels. Thank you for joining us today. All right, here it is. In case involving human trafficking charges by Mexican truck driver, insurance company Landmark won't be defending. John Kingston reports, side litigation to a case involving charges of what amounts to human trafficking has ended 
with a trucking company's insurer prevailing on its claim that it isn't liable for any of the costs involved in the original lawsuit. In a brief opinion handed down last week in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, Judge Gerard McHugh says... Landmark Insurance Company has no responsibility for any liabilities incurred by Carl Hemphill and his company, MJC Labor Solutions, in the lawsuit brought by Mexican National it hired in 2015. Landmark had a policy with MJC. All right. Yeah. So McHugh's brief order did not explain his reasoning behind ruling in favor of Landmark's request to dismiss the case brought by Hemphill and MJC. The original case brought against Hemphill, MJC Labor, Pennsylvania-based uh, trucking company, KAH Transport, which Hemphill owns, this, uh, and several other defendants is ongoing in the same federal court. It was filed in 2018 by Jose Enriquez Castillo uh, Caides whose lawsuit says he was hired by MJC under H-2B, temporary visa, uh, which allows foreign nationals to be hired for a specific work purpose, and he was hired to work for KAH. Hey, little cowbell for uh, Matthew Kane. He's, he's at right low just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So in the lawsuit, Che Dez charged Hemphill and MJC with human trafficking and wage violations. The suit spells out a list of what it says were actions taken against Castillo, beginning with seizing his passport upon arrival in the U.S., requiring monthly payments for, get this, filthy, overcrowded and vermin-infested housing, requiring manual labor that wasn't in the arrangement for him to come to the U.S., and failure to compensate him for all of the hours that were worked. Wow. The relationship got so bad that it ended up with Hemphill calling the police on Castillo and the driver spending three nights in jail, according to the original lawsuit. Wow. Those conditions sound uh, awful. Yeah. De- Unbelievable. Deplorable. I, hopefully they get that, that whole situation sorted out. It's never something you want to report, yeah. which is human trafficking. And uh, it's a way worse situation than uh, I met the when I was at Gats last year, I met truckers against human trafficking. And some of the statistics they have on the amount of like human slavery and human trafficking that still goes on to this day, not just in the United States, but in the world, is staggering. Yeah, it's amazing that it's happening, right? You know, I mean, you imagine these things in these far off distant lands that, that are occurring. It's awful no matter where it's happening, but right here as well. Unbelievable. Chris Jolly says, happy Monday, everyone. And Lisa Turville says, Chicago area. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chicago, or as my five-year-old calls it, Ninjago. Yeah, but I was going to say, Ninjago land. Drugs valued at, here's another border bus, drugs valued at $4.2 million seized at the far port of entry. Border bus, more than $4 million worth of drugs received during, were seized during two incidents last week at Far Reynosa International Bridge Cargo Facility. On Monday, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials discovered 22 packages of methamphetamine and a shipment of fresh produce leaving Mexico. The 185, bag, the 185 pounds of alleged methamphetamine were discovered concealed inside of his trailer. Wow, yeah, the alleged methamphetamine has a street value of $3.7 million. CBP officials seized the narcotics and tractor trailer. The case remains under investigation by agents with Homeland Security, uh, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations. The second incident occurred Tuesday when methamphetamine, cocaine, and fentanyl were discovered hidden inside an empty tractor trailer arriving from Mexico. Yeah, uh, they, and then they inspect the trailer, right? It results in officers removing 15 packages of the alleged cocaine weighing 37.74 pounds, eight packages of methamphetamine that weighed almost 10 pounds, and three-pound package containing fentanyl. That's the stuff that got prints, wasn't it? These narcotics have a combined street value of $540,000. Police arrested the driver, seized the narcotics, and the tractor trailer turned the case over to HSI. A lot of drug busts lately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Andre Hargrove says, great day for Atlanta, Georgia. Janet Turner says, happy day. Happy Monday from Central Florida. Mark Horwitz, happy Monday from Detroit. And Regina Gwynn says, hello from North Carolina. Hello to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hello, some, hello. Here's some news. Ford Air, they've rebranded themselves as Ford They because they're going into more than just air, right? They are now going to offer LTL services, right? So the Greenville, Tennessee-based trucking company said that. Ford LTL will provide traditional LTL services operating out of the company's final mile facility in Savannah, Georgia. The company will also assess the need for a separate LTL facility based, easy for me to say, right, based on the success of the launch. Wow, that's interesting. Ford has historically specialized in the movement of air freight by ground through scheduled and expedited LTL service for airlines and cargo carriers, as well as freight forwarders, feeder services. The company runs line haul services from its terminals and are located in or around major airports, which are located in and around major airports. This, uh, so this will be the company's first LTL offering outside of its normal airport network. A test going on, so to speak. Let's see what their chairman and president, Tom Schmidt, had to say about this. He says, this is an exciting time at Ford as we continue to flex our muscles. Savannah marks the first time that we've expanded our LTL network beyond our current airport to airport footprint. We are also leveraging our final mile network to greatly reduce the level of investments required for this LTL expansion. Savannah is a great example of the synergies within our networks that offer opportunities for growth. You know, we're seeing more and more, uh, you know, 3PLs bringing in assets and assets joining 3PLs to bring bigger conglomerates. Been seeing a lot of it on the ocean with companies like Merce bringing in different forwarders and stuff. And now we're seeing Forward Air, yeah. Forward, well, Forward Air, Forward expand their footprint even further as well. Yeah, absolutely. Going into not the not very easy uh, LTL uh, business. It's a it's a completely different animal. That is for sure. Let's uh, let's dial up Scott Cornelius, transportation lead and crime and theft specialist at Travelers Insurance. He's over in Peoria, Arizona, but I think he may also be on vacation. So let's dial him up and uh, all right, see what's let's going see on. See where he's vacationing. Five count of five. Five good minutes. Hey, hey, Scott Cornell, you are on What the Truck with Dooner and the Dude. When uh, when we spoke to you a few weeks ago, you mentioned uh, a bunch of additional key insurance and transportation coverages, but it's also our understanding you're on vacation. So thank you for taking this this time out of your uh, your free time to talk with us on the show. Oh, no, happy to be on. Thanks for having us again. Cool, man. Well, when we ask about additional key coverage, let's get into some insurance here. Is there a catch-all for everyone, or are there specific uh, coverage is coverage specific to different roles that companies play in the supply chain. Uh, there's different liabilities for different roles, for sure. Whether it's freight broker, motor carriers, to warehousemen, the different liability standards inform key coverage considerations for each member of the supply chain. So this is why when we spoke last, I mentioned it's key to work with an insurance carrier that understands your role in the supply chain and specializes and really understands the key differences. Excellent. So let's let's dig. Can we dig into those a little bit? What are the key cargo considerations or coverage uh, cargo coverage considerations for trucking specifically? So trucking itself can be sure. So trucking itself can be specialized. So there are several different types of trucking: dry vans, flatbeds, and reefer, for example. Reefer haulers or dry van haulers handling food might be more concerned about changing temperature, equipment breakdown, broken seals, issues like that. Wording on coverage forms varies, and then the forms vary from company to company. So how an insurer treats these perils or exposures to a loss can really vary dramatically. Uh, Some companies may exclude certain perils. They could sublimit them. They could impose higher deductibles or even add other terms and conditions 
and other companies might provide full limits for these perils and exposures. So you really have to do your homework on that. What about from the broker's perspective? What kind of key coverage considerations should they be having? <clears throat> Brokers are different too. So with respect to cargo, freight broker legal liability standards differ from those uh, that are applied to motor carriers. Freight brokers, by their very nature, don't touch the freight. So their exposure is tied to operating procedures, contractual risk transfer, and the quality and, of carrier vetting practices. So as an example, you know, we talked about my background in uh, cargo theft. So uh, as an example, a carrier uh, or a, a breaker, if they're a broker, if they're vetting a carrier, might have a higher likelihood of hiring a thief because the thieves will pose as a legitimate trucking company. And without a solid contractual review process and freight broker could be exposed to liabilities that are not always covered under their policy. Understood. So I imagine with warehousing, it's a lot like, uh, like you said, there's different specialized warehousing there's there's in trucking. Can you enlighten us on some of that? Again, for warehousing, there's considerations for both dry and dry and cold storage as an example. Uh, with cold storage, much similar to what we just talked about with reefer haulers, significant concern is exposure to contamination and changes in temperature. In contrast, there might be greater concerns with dry storage over inventory shortage or shrinkage. For both cold and dry storage, the defense or litigation costs associated with a suit following a loss can be a big financial exposure. How an insurer's form responds to that exposure, in other words, do defense costs erode the limit or are they outside of the limit of insurance should all be taken into consideration. Wow. Well, so what services does Travelers offer to help its customers in addition to all those different types of coverage? Again, here at Travelers, we specialize very much in transportation. Uh, the Travelers Special Investigation Group, our SIG group, would help with that carrier vetting so that a broker would not you know, have as much likelihood of hiring a bad guy. Our experienced dedicated claim team can help explain how our coverage would respond in comparison to a customer's contractual commitments. Uh, having a knowledgeable claim team is important for these complex topics. And lastly, our risk control specialists add another layer of expertise. They understand the specificity and the concerns of each role within the supply chain, and they'll work with our customers to help them best manage their risk depending on the role they play in the supply chain. Well, you know, there's a lot to take in there. Uh, I imagine someone should go to a site like travelers.com maybe to get more information. Where should we send them after this interview? Travelers.com for sure. Ah, see, it's it's that easy. Uh, and, and what <laughs> should they go. do? Because we mentioned we mentioned multiple things. You could be calling from that three PL perspective. You could be calling as a as a warehouse manager. You could be calling as a trucking company. Uh, is there someone specific? Uh, one from each group should go to, or will that main line take them exactly where they need to be? No, that that website will give them contact information. They can always look me up on there, or or even on you know, social media, LinkedIn, contact me directly. I can put them in touch with somebody. If they go to their local agent, most likely that's the direction they go is they go to their agent who's handling their insurance and their agent can bring them to us. Wow. Hey, Scott, sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us again. Wow. You know, a lot, lot of, thanks, uh, you know, car, insurance coverage is one of those things people usually don't think about and check the policies on until as happens, yeah. right? You want to do it before something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find it, uh, you know, it's interesting. You think about, you know, okay, co so cargo loss if you're trucking, right? But then you've got to get into the specifics. Like he said, the wording in there is different for the different policies. So refrigerated hauling is different. There's a whole different set of circumstances for why there may be loss of cargo or damage to that cargo. Very yeah. interesting. Kendall Kurzan, he says, happy Monday from Colorado. Uh, Nerf ad, 
Nadarovic. He told me how to say this too, and uh, but I read it, so that's the problem. I gotta, I gotta actually talk failed. to you, Nerfad. He says, "Happy Tuesday, every Happy Tuesday, everyone." Wait, did I miss a day? Uh, he's trying to freak everyone out. Maybe Robert Houston here we says, all are on Monday, and he's living in Tuesday. That's awesome. Hey, he's got the time machine, man. He's got that DeLorean yeah, swag. Uh, Robert Busey says, "Hey, Timothy Green's from Chicago. What's up, my man?" John Piper says, "Good afternoon from Dallas. Spoke to John on Freightways Radio over the weekend. Very insightful man. Big into baseball. He still thinks there's going to be a season, Michael Vincent." He do, well, yeah, the sh- a shortened season this year, right? Isn't that what it is? I think uh, I think the Cubs have been eliminated already, though. I think they unfortunately. have. <laughs> Some teams have. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind a shortened baseball season, just sort of regularly too, to make the games have a little bit more impact. Although, you know what? I kind of dig the uh, the non-committal aspect of like summer baseball, especially when you're working from home. You just put on the background. You you know. You oh yeah. Can just tune in, tune out as you need. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a there's a certain um, uh, attraction to those uh, early games and so on. It's just it's baseball. It's summer. You hear the crack of the bat and so on and so forth. Not to get too nostalgic, but it, it is kind of nice. But man, it is when playoffs start to come. That's when I'm intense. So so here's the deal, man. So I, over the weekend, they that Tom Hanks movie dropped Greyhound and I started mm-hmm. to get. There's there's a lot more submarine movies than you'd think, and I started falling down this submarine rabbit hole because Greyhound just brought me into it. It's a pretty good movie. It shows the perspective of like World War II naval warfare from being on the destroyer. Usually, you see it from inside the sub in great movies that I also watched this weekend, like like Dawes Boot. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. You get The Hunt for Red October. What other sub movies are there? If you got a sub movie itch to ner- nerve to itch, one of one of the greatest ever was what it, Down Periscope, whatever with Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, uh, it, <laughs> hey, <laughs> what, what is it? The, the one with uh, McConaughey and, and uh, Harvey Keitel and uh, Bon Jovi, which is an odd mix of characters, but like U257 <laughs> or whatever it was. UB40? That's a band. No, I think it was U571. No, not UB40. U571. There you go. All, All right. right. <laughs> that sounds right. I'll, well, I'll go with that. Well, I know there was a seven in there and a U. <laughs> Below is another one I saw. Below is like a thriller. It was uh, I, I ended up tuning out halfway through, so it couldn't have been that good, although I don't have the best attention span. But Daz Boot, man, Daz Boot seems like the kind of movie that if you don't know anything about it, you'd be like, I don't want to watch a Ger- like a three-hour German-language submarine movie, but it's actually, it's really excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I highly about, recommend it. What about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Does that qualify? Uh, Eric Serta wants to know if Yellow Submarine qualifies. I mean, they all they all qualify. All it's got to do is have a submarine. There's an excellent one too. Yeah, you got a submarine. You are involved. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else on that list. There's K19, The Widowmaker, but that's out of print. That was Harrison Ford movie. Can't find that anywhere. Oh well, hey, if it existed though, it's on the list. And uh, the fabulous Mr. Olympus, according to Billy Coker. So I'm I'm not even sure. Was that a sub movie? It was just a Navy guy who fell over uh, the, the the rail, wasn't he? I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Does he end up on a uh, Don Knotts? Don Knotts turns into a like a, a, a marlin or something. Or a... <laughs> does he really? There's the, also yeah. the, that movie Overboard where the guy's yeah. wife falls overboard and she forgets. It's kind of creepy. Oh, Crimson Tide. Nerf had is saying Crimson Tide. All right, let's dial up Chris Torrance, man. We got we're going to bring Chris Torrance up on the line now, and he's going to play something. Is he a submarine movie expert? He better he be an expert on something because he's going to be playing market expert trivia with us today by his own uh, request. Right. We haven't played that one in a while, so. Very cool. Excited to to uh, to bring it on. Now you've been a participant on Market Expert Trivia, but you have not been a uh, been on that side of the chair playing the game, have you, Michael Vincent? I don't think we've done that. I have. I have not. I, and you won't let me see the sheet, so I won't cheat. Well, so. I don't want you to cheat against our friend Chris Torrance, who's the VP of Strategic Ops at Optimal Dynamics. He's on the line with Dude and the Dude. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us, brother. What's up, Duna and Mike? How are you guys? Doing I'm good. doing great, Chris. 
we were just talking some sub movies because we were watched. Uh, I watched yeah. Greyhound over the weekend. You, uh, what's your pick for sub movie? God, I can't believe you guys left this off the list. Classic uh, Denzel, Gene Hackman dialogue, uh, Crimson Tide. Oh, we, I well, thought that was one of the best ones. So Did you say it? Maybe I, maybe I was. You're on a delay. You're on a slight delay in case uh, you oh, okay. get Randy with your mouth. We have to, we have to do that. But Nerfod, <laughs> Nerfod, he said Crimson Tide. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, that's one of my personal favorites. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to see the new Hank's uh, Greyhound. It looks, it's pretty cool. That's most of his work, right? I was positive he was going to say the fabulous Mister Limpet. The, <laughs> that's just Billy Coker in our in our back in our back over there. Hey, you've got uh, you got some really interesting background, right? So, d- introduce yourself. Who are you, and what is Optimal Dynamics? Yeah, cool. Um, so again, my name is Chris Torrance. Been in this lovely space for the better part of twenty years. Uh, you know, I. Speaking of great movies, uh, I think my entrance into the career kind of the industry rather happened kind of haphazardly after watching one too many, uh, one too many reruns of Top Gun. And I knew I wanted to be, you know, Maverick uh, at some point in life and uh, entered into the Air Force and found out uh, I had a slight colorblindness. And, and again, the default setting was, hey, you thought about global supply chain logistics. So that was roughly 20 years ago. And since then, I've, I've had a lot of great opportunities with companies like C.H. Robinson, uh, the TMC division is part of that. Um Kind of helped get this thing called Uber Freight off the ground shortly after that. Um, and then uh, a company called Forkites, which sounded pretty cool. I spent a little time down with Arrive Logistics in Austin before I met uh, Daniel and Warren Powell, who are kind of the co-founders and leading this charge with this thing called Optimal Dynamics that get uh, thanks to Freight Waves and some other folks for helping us get the word out last week. That's excellent stuff. Heck of a background. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in how the military, et cetera, prepares you for <laughs> logistics. So can you talk to that a little bit, how your background in the Air Force prepared you for this? Absolutely, Mike. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, being able to handle stress and pressure, I guess that's the, the first thing you learn pretty, pretty quick right off the, out of basic training. And I went in uh, actually in September of 01. So right. Pretty, pretty unique uh, time in our history there. And yeah, I knew yeah, pretty I'd shortly say. after my training, I yeah, I knew I knew pretty soon that I was going to be getting the uh, the orders to head over to the sandbox, as we call it. So, uh, did three tours of duty, active duty, over uh, managing a lot of like. Uh, there's a multiple facets to, to global logistics relative to DoD, um, but was you know basically moving a lot of weapons and and troops, cargo around uh, various parts of northern Iraq and, and other other areas throughout the uh, the FOB or the, the again the the sandbox region, as, as you might say. So definitely. Um, gave me a, a lot of experience on a global scale. Um, and it certainly translated well when, when my, my commitment was up to the military and again, transitioned well into the civilian world, uh, in, in the corporate or private world. So Michael Vincent, my dad is ex air force. He used to fix B 52s during, during Vietnam. Actually one time he got, Ooh, locked. I love the B 52s. He got locked into oh love shack. He got locked into his own love shack with, uh, with a, uh, SR 71 blackbird when they were still sort of classified. And you know, he wasn't sure oh. a spaceship or not. He definitely knew he wasn't supposed to be locked in that hangar though. I think the statute of limitations has passed. It wasn't his fault, but uh, I always wanted to be a fighter pilot. Like <laughs> hopefully I wanted to be a fighter pilot like Chris here. Well, he didn't break in. He just got locked in by some maintenance guy, but, uh, okay. uh I always wanted to be a fighter pilot like Chris also, but I just don't have the vision for it. And I'm a little bit too tall to, to hop in the fighter plane. It was very, uh, i watched a lot of iron Eagle and a lot of top yeah. gun as a kid like you, even though, even though that's Classic. Navy, right? Well, top gun. I, you Lewis Gossett Jr. Oh, we're not playing trivia yes. yet. I was no, going to say Lewis Gossett Jr. Yes. Oh, no. Not yeah, enough. Another great eighties uh, film. Yeah. But, uh, and Duders, uh, definitely thanks to your dad for his service. Uh, much appreciated. So yeah, no, I, I, I was, uh, I was on a fighter wing actually. So, not only was I told I had a slight color blindness that would, you know, essentially clip my wings, if you will, 
Um, I got to see these sorties take off, you know, all day, every day and night. And, uh, you know, I still think the best is like, I got an incentive flight, they call it, where, uh, you, you've done something good enough for, for, uh, one of the, the pilots to take you up and pull a few G's until your uh, the better parts of your internal organs start to come up through your mouth and I'll uh, leave it at that. But it, it's definitely a wild ride. Wait, so are you one of the, are you one of the guys who couldn't like when there was that color rush game against the bills and the jets, a lot of people couldn't see a lot of people didn't want to see it, but a lot of people couldn't see it because of their colors are, is your condition that bad? You like, if someone's wearing solid red and solid green, you can't tell. No, it's not. I wouldn't say it's that bad. Uh, there's certain colors, on the spectrum, there are certain colors that are fairly close. Uh, so I, I may have some some mismatched socks where my wife like usually calls me out. Um, but you know, I was I was the kid that went to back when, back when the, the mall meant something, right? They had those little kiosks with those you know, it was all these cool little images, and you, people could look at it. You're supposed to see a number or something. And I was the guy sitting there going, I, I just don't see anything. So probably knew at that time something was off. But uh, like I said, I wouldn't be on this call today if it hadn't kind of taken a different direction and got me in the, in the lovely logistics game. Well, I hope that all of your experience, you and Michael Vincent's experience throughout your lives, has prepared you for this <laughs> moment. As we're going to play market expert trivia, the way it's going to work oh, is, because you don't have buzzers because you're, you're both remote, uh, we'll, you'll, the first question you will get the first shot at. Michael Vincent, you'll get the first shot at the next question, so on and so forth. Okay. You don't get it right, the other person gets a chance. Sound fair? Sound good? Sure. I'm in. All right. Market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Market expert trivia. Excellent. Now we have another game. What is this one called? Okay, so guess first. We are going to go to Chris Torrance here. Chris Torrance, what was the name? And audience, uh, comment section, you can play along too. What was the name of Sly Stallone's character in Over the Top? Oh, Lincoln Hawk, come on. Uh, it's got to be harder than this. You got it. All right, he's, he's got one point. All right, Michael Vincent, first question for uh, you He's going to kill me at this. All right, go ahead. Uh, well, it's all right. It's okay if we lose to the guests. What, what musician stars beside Patrick Swayze in the film Black Dog? Is it John Bon Jovi, <sighs> Marilyn Manson, Meatloaf, Vince Neil, or Jared Leto? I'm going Meatloaf. Meatloaf. All right. You are correct. All right. It's a tie game. It's a tie game. Nice. Which trucking movie, Chris, this is for you. Which trucking movie is written and directed by Stephen King? You got Duel, Convoy, Joyride, Monster Man, or Maximum Overdrive? Ah, let's see. And who directed again, you said? Stephen King. Stephen King, so it's got to be. Can you run my choices one more time real fast? You've got Duel, Convoy, Joyride, Monster Man, and Maximum Overdrive. Uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to guess here. Maximum Overdrive. I'm not a huge comedian guy. It was a good guess. He, Michael Vincent thought this was his uh, in. He's, he was going. I, I was going for the steel, man. And Joker, that it wasn't Joker the name of the truck? The one with the big uh, demon on the front? Not sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. This one. This one's you, Michael. This one's you. A little bit more recent. Still uh, relatively old. What's the CB? Uh, this made me feel old looking. This one up actually because it's what 2001 or 2002 movie. But that's like 18 oh, years ago. What's the CB radio handle of the bad truck driver in Joyride? Is it Rusty Nail, Candy Cane, Breaker, Jason Voorhees, or Bandit? What do you got, Michael? Rusty Nail. Oh, you got it. Wow. All right. All right, wow. Chris, this is, this is coming down to a tiebreaker, so you can win it out right here. You can hit a walk-off home run right on this one, okay? Who performed the song, Eastbound and Down, on the Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack? Was it Dave Dudley, Red Sovine, Jerry Reed, Merle Haggard, or Eddie Rabbit? Uh, let's see. Bacon. Which one? I got to go Jerry Reed. That's a guess. 
Boo doop boo. Oh. Uh, you got it, Michael Vincent. Eddie Rabbit. Oh man, you both you all you both lost. Uh, Merle? Uh no, it's Dave Dudley. Ah. Yes. All right. I don't know. And I don't I've got all know. his albums. Uh, 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 all right. Uh, I don't even have a tiebreaker. I don't have a tiebreaker. How many, how many, how many, how many full size power units are there on the road today, Michael Vincent? Uh, wow. I don't know. Uh, 750,000. I'm not sure either. Do you have an idea? I'm frantically Googling. How many full size trucks are there on the road? Chris, I'm going to go with a wow. lot. Well, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a couple million. I don't know. Mm, the total amount new registrations light trucks in the U.S. Well, this is all trucks. It's nine million is projected to be about twelve million for twenty nineteen. I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give our guest the the winner here, right? Right, okay, Michael. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. All right, I you agree. win a little cowbell for you. A little cowbell for you. Well, as the winner, you can give a free plug to Optimal Dynamics. Where do people go to learn more? Yeah, so uh, OptimalDynamics.com is one avenue. See Torrance at OptimalDynamics.com. Feel free to shoot me an email direct or obviously on LinkedIn, uh, DM, uh, or any other uh, social media outlets that you find me on. Be happy to, to tell anyone more. Oh, you know what? We were supposed to talk a little bit about AI. It's, it's even in the title. So I, I, before I let you go, we do have to ask you one question. What's, yeah. good, what's good at Optimal Dynamics? I love trivia. Uh, Trivia's more fun. We, we do have to ask you one, Michael Vincent. Uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah. tell us about high-dimensional AI or core.ai. Yeah, amen. That's yeah, what I so wanted to ask him. There you go. So, so I, you know, I guess I'll just, the, the simple answer that I get, I think I'm the only guy on my team without a PhD, so that'll probably tell you something. But yeah, we, we essentially, uh, we're, we're, we're leveraging a new form of AI that's really multivariant, takes in a lot more uh, data points than typically you see with a lot of the more legacy tools that I've worked with over the course of my career. Um, and in conjunction with that AI, we're, I'm going to throw another term you guys are going to hear is stochastic optimization, which is uh, optimization, but uh, taking in a form of uncertainty relative to you know the current times we're in, and I think that's going to be the theme of the year. So again, be on the lookout for those type of terms, approximate dynamic programming, all things I had never heard. And so, big shout out to uh, Professor Warren Powell, my my boss and co-founder, for for continuously educating me on some, some of the new and great tech that still hasn't quite penetrated this industry. So, cool stuff. Yeah, exciting stuff. We'll have to dive deeper on that one in the near future, Chris. But thank you for playing and winning Market Expert Trivia with us today on What the Truck. Awesome, dude. Thank you and Mike for having me. We appreciate right it. On. Have a good one. Yeah, exciting stuff. You know what we have next, though, Michael Vincent? Um, play it forward? Yeah, play it forward. Dave Southworth, a fellow awesome. bassist. He's going to uh, to drop some tracks for us live or something like that when we can get him up on right the line. He's with the... Here's some. Let's hear him slap bass a little bit. Hey, Dave Southworth, you are on the air with Dooner and the Dude. What's up, my man? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You are the CEO at. Am I saying this right? Mauka. Ah, uh, close. It's Maka. M a u k a. Logistics. It's Hawaiian. Ah. Uh, stands for mountainside. You know, if I knew it was Hawaiian, I would have I would have nailed that right away. I watch a lot of uh, <laughs> watch a lot of Moana with the kids, my man. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. My business partner and I are both from uh, Hawaii, so when we started this business, we wanted to kind of go back to our, our roots and, and pick something from where we were from. So, and because we live in Denver, next to Mount Side, it's perfect. So wow, makes yeah. sense. Makes perfect sense. Well, so hey, we're going to do a little play it forward. Uh, what are you going to play for us there, uh, Dave? 
You know, actually, I recorded some uh, for dinner yesterday, right. and unfortunately, this morning when I went to work, I totally forgot my bass because I, I thought uh, the recording would work for you guys. If it doesn't, I could probably send along something after this call that I recorded that previously to you guys, if you want. Uh, well, tell us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, introduce yourself first. Let me see if I can pull up the, the the clip that you sent. But in the meantime, introduce yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, Dave Southworth, I work for uh, Maka Logistics as a CEO. I basically run the operations for the company. Uh, my business partner and I started this about two years ago. We were working for a, a large asset-based company in, in Denver, and we felt that it was the right time for us to you know, do it ourselves and start a logistics company here in, in Denver where we work with commercial and military clients. So uh, that's basically what we're doing here. Nice. All right. So I found the track. Michael Vincent jumped to a question with him. I'll pull the track up and we can play it after you ask him something. Excellent. I love me some Stevie Ray Vaughan myself. I play the bass and electric, so uh, we'll have to get together and jam sometime. We're doing a, maybe a virtual band here. But I'd like to learn more about uh, uh, Maka Logistics or Mountainside Logistics, I guess, right? Uh, can you tell yeah. us about the team there and what you guys are doing there? I, I, it looks like you guys have a really nice mix of, of different freight, intermodal, hazmat, and even military work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, we work with the DoD um, in this industry. You know, you got to find a niche and you got to perfect it. You got to do really well to be successful. So my partner and I have found a couple of niches as far as refrigerated work and then military work. So that's basically what we do. We move a lot of beef and chicken shipments and and why um, do beef? Real expensive commodities. Um, that's one of our portions of our book. And then the other book is we've been working with some military for the last two and a half years so and it's just me and uh my partner jordan huffman we used to have about six other people working with us but truthfully it's, it's quality over quantity and we wanted to like roll it back and perfect our game before we started hiring more people wow sick and i'm, I'm converting this to an mp3 right now so michael vincent just throw one more question and i'll get this up and playing <laughs> yeah, so tell me what it's been like. You said so you had six people and you've 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 now downsized again to kind of refocus. Is that what you said? Yeah, we wanted to refocus. Last year, you know, we, we had a staff of about six people, including Jordan and myself, and we hired people that had no experience in the industry. We hired a guy that was a stockbroker, yeah. then another person that was a car salesman. And truthfully, yeah. it was a really difficult uh, process for us. Um, it hurt kind of our commercial business a little bit because we weren't there and focused ourselves with them. Instead, we were giving them to the sub agents or another agent to work with. Um, so yeah, well, I, I think some people fall into that mistake. Sometimes they, they, they start bringing on a bunch of grinders and they really don't have any, uh, perspective of, of the actual business. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I've been in this industry eight years and I started with no experience at all. I don't know how I'm still doing this industry. <laughs> Honestly, I, I came back from, I was a concert promoter and, I got burned out and I saw a Craigslist ad for a broker and the word broker was what enticed me. So I applied, I got the job and then first day on the job, there was this 23 year old kid that was my boss and it's like, find me a reefer. And I'm like, well, bro, <laughs> what kind of reefer are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man, this is Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things that you got to learn in this industry, especially when you guys are talking about a little bit, uh, you know, a legal shipment, things stolen from you that's it's happened so we wanted to roll back and just you know quality over quantity make sure that jordan and i perfect our game before we take that step and hire additional people 
Well, I got some good news. I was I was able to convert this into an MP3 oh. and upload it real quick. All so right. let's give this one more shot. This is Dave on the bass. What the truck with Dooner and the dude, yeah. Good so, uh, th- See, that, that music always reminds me of like, to, the transitions in the old like 70s Scooby-Doo cartoon. Oh, yeah. Hanna-Barbera <laughs> style. Tom Curry said I had to sing the beat. All right. It's classic blues riff, man. It's nice. I love it. Absolutely. I love the blues song. Hey, so you're another guy who fell out of the music industry like me into this business. Uh, how are you liking it so far? Are you sticking with it? Absolutely. I don't think I could do anything else in my life besides, you know, be a freight broker agent. Um, it's it's really given me everything that I, I can. I, I raise my kids, uh, you know, doing pretty good. It's a solid income. So uh, I think that I'll retire in a few years as a broker. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's soon. All right. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. Well, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm old. I'm almost 50. <laughs> Oh, even still, you know, that's the dream. Tiring by like, what, 55? Hey. Yeah, well, hopefully by then. <laughs> what are you going to do in retirement? Um, You know, I think I'm going to go move back home to Hawaii. Oh. And uh, live out there. Find a house, maybe, and live <laughs> on the beach. Maybe a tent. There you go. Wow. Well, Dave, I, thank you very much for playing it forth and joining us to talk a little bit about your business on the air today. How do people reach out and learn more? You know, they can hit me up on the social media on LinkedIn if they need any help. I'm always there if someone has a question, not necessarily if they need a shipment moved. Just if they have a general question as far as the industry goes, more than willing to help anybody out. So, Cool. Yeah, check Dave out. Check him out on LinkedIn. That's where I met him. Dave, take it easy, man. Thank you again. Yeah, I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Wow. Mahalo. Yeah, I was going to say mahalo. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, he moved back to Hawaii. Now he's got a basis. You got who? Mick Fleetwood lives uh, out there and Todd Rungren. They're going to get a heck of a band on the beach over there. Yeah, th- but is he leaving on... The problem with him joining our band is he might be leaving to uh, Hawaii too soon, right? He's got to foot up the they have the They have the internet there, don't they? I, is We're it doing good a virtual there? band, right? Is it good? People so. always say they want to move. So he's like... Not that Hawaii is well, it's remote compared to the continental United States, but they always say they want to remote, like, oh, I want this big land and live out in the middle of the, a field in Utah or something. But like, and that sounds great, but what are you going to do about the internet? Right? Is it yeah, slower? Well, uh, you know, do you really need it if you're retired and living on a beach in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, of course uh, you do. <laughs> 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 All right. Big deal. Little deal. Big deal. Little deal. Little deal. See, Dave, Dave says he's in the comments. He says that they have the internet's just fine over in, in Hawaii. So there you go. See, run a Jones Act vessel. <laughs> hey, I personally probably wouldn't be on the internet if I was on a beach in Hawaii, but that's fine. That's, you know, personal yeah. preferences. All right. Well, this first one's for you to ask. All right. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I, I got it backwards. Sorry. My my minute. My bad. So, Dooner, XPO turns to data in order to return workers back on site. 
So what they're doing is using data to keep people safe during COVID-19. So big deal or little deal? Yeah, no, it, I think it's a really big deal. A lot of with outbreaks popping up everywhere, companies are looking for ways to keep their employees safe. XBL Logistics, key, Bradley Jacobs, keynote at our next virtual event, and they're doing some cool stuff. As a matter of fact, according to XBO, when it noted it, the, the, how it's using the data is is great because they're using it to be very proactive. So when it noticed in Georgia, there was spiking in positive cases, the company started putting preventative resources where they were needed the most based on local uh, infection rates and projections of rates to come. XBO, though, they have they use their distribution centers to their advantage. They have more than 20 distribution centers in the Atlanta metropolitan area, which the firm said would have helped. They didn't need to use them, but they would have helped had they been needed to use to absorb workloads. So if one site had an explosion of infections, they were to quarantine some people, they could move them over to another location. So really cool to see a company like XBO using data to protect their workers and to initiate, you know, forward thinking like this. Yeah, I agree. And I think the key word that you said in there, it's, I agree, big deal. And the key word that you used in there was proactive. That's what I've, I've, I've written down in my notes as well is, is proactive. That's what I saw is, is really the big deal. They're not being react, uh, reactive. They're looking at the data. They had backup plans in place and they actually have a risk mitigation map that they, they produced for their employees to give them a, like a flow chart for exactly what to do in case of different situations, which is, uh, I thought was, uh, unique. I haven't heard that before and, and excellent all right dude united airlines is going to cut four thousand seven hundred employees in houston and dallas by uh, i believe it was october 1st was the target date for all of these to go through big deal or little deal you know, I think it's a big deal. Didn't they come out and say up to 36,000 maybe before? And now they've announced the first uh, a number that it's going to be is 47 or yeah, 4,700 employees. And I, I think it's a big deal. And it really points because it really points to the line of recovery in, in the airline industry, particularly passenger. It's not a straight line and there's going to be these ups and downs. And it's all going to depend on how we react and what we do with and how the, the, the virus reacts and explodes and and or, or or goes into submission, et cetera. But it just, it really shows the difficulties that are going on right there. And it could be a big deal for supply chains. You've got pricing easing, but if these passengers and belly cargo doesn't come back and we have, or, you know, keeps fluctuating up and down, it's going to be turmoil and volatility in those prices and in the supply chains. Yeah, I have to agree with you. You know, United's Kate Gibo, she's the executive vice president of human resources and labor relations for United. In their WARN Act, in her letter to the Texas Workforce Commission, they said this, and this sheds a lot of insight to what's happening here. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused so much change in our personal and professional lives and results in us being a smaller airline. Based on current demand, while we are hopeful the reductions for our frontline team members will be temporary, we presently anticipate that they will last six months or longer. And then they say this, even if demand continues to slowly improve, it is unfortunately very likely that we will need to adjust the size of the company to reflect lower demand levels and implement a workforce reduction to reduce our labor expenses beginning on that October 1st date. So a lot of cuts coming. and it, do, it doesn't sound too hopeful that recovery, at least in terms of employment, you know, there might be recovery in cargo, might be recovery in the number of flying at some point, though. Who knows with the outbreak in cases, but it sounds like even if demand, what they said it right there, even if demand recovers, still a problem, Michael Vincent. Yeah, it's still a problem. She sound resolved to them being a much, uh, a, well, not, she didn't say much, but a smaller, a smaller company in the future when they do come back. So, but moving on, uh, Dooner. So uh, what do we have here? Uh, Tesla gets a tax break 
a proposed tax break for a uh, billion dollar factory in Austin, Texas, uh, to start building your truck. Yeah, the Cybertruck, right? You, right? You, you've got one paid down on there, right? So tax break for Tesla to open their electric truck, uh, their, their personal vehicle in Austin. Big deal, little deal. Yeah. You know, Emily does a, a slightly better job than you at, at reading those, but you're better looking. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned so tesla has not officially chosen a site for its new cybertruck factory yet uh, i remember I was, I was talking to kevin hill about this he's still very hopeful that tulsa oklahoma is still selected but if you remember palo alto based cybertruck california uh based tesla they had tried to during the beginning parts of the pandemic when they were trying to reopen they tried to leverage texas as a place they were going to move all of their factories so Putting a Cybertruck Gigafactory in that por- in that point, Austin getting these big tax breaks may open a a new relationship and give them some leverage against California. Though at the same time, you know Oklahoma's still in the running, California's still in there. One thing I didn't like from this story though was they said that production will not begin until late 2021 at the earliest. That was originally supposed to be the delivery date of my Cybertruck. Yeah, you should be driving one by then, right? Well, that, was, that was the original. Apparently not. They're too so busy did, fighting over it, where to put the spot. So where did you go with this? Big deal or little deal? Uh, it's a big deal because now it sounds like my Cybertruck's getting delayed. But I also think it's a big yeah. deal in terms of it'll give them some skin in the game in Texas and uh, further entrench them over there. And Tesla has sorted before with moving operations to Texas. So pretty big deal if you're keeping an eye on that space. Yeah, if you're looking at where people are developing their companies and so on and looking to build these factories, this is a big deal. And the reasons why behind it are a big deal, too. But I have written down there, it's a really big deal because the truck is just badass. It really looks cool. I'm becoming a more and more of a fan the more I see it, Dooner. Wow, Chandler, Chandler Magan, he's been a former guest on here. He'll have to come back in to talk to us more about narco subs and moving stuff like this. But he says, I love all the focus of the show regarding things in Texas. By the way, Texas is always a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty big. They, they're pretty impactful yeah. in the United States. Actually, this might it be is. a swing state this year, too, so even bigger deal. John Piper, he said, how much is the Cybertruck? Well, it depends on which model you get, John. There's the, the entry one, which I think is single-wheel drive, and it doesn't have uh, a, you know driver level 2 driver assist and all that kind of stuff. I think that starts at like 38000 Then it goes all the way up to maybe 78000 if you go with the full automation package and the tri-motor and all that. If you go with the middle, the, two, the, the all-wheel drive one, I think that's going to see around 48000 50000 So... That's not too bad. No, that's not terrible at all. That's not terrible at all. Uh, let's talk about trucks, though. Daimler Trucks is recalling nearly 183,000 Freightliner Cascadia. That's a big number. Big deal or little deal, Michael Vincent? So uh, as far as safety concerns, it's a, I, think it's a, I think it's a big deal. And, you know, you've got OEMs, et cetera, and the market not all that great. So that's kind of a, a, a big deal. But the, the recall itself is not uh, – they're not going to send out notifications until August 30th. So I don't think it's of dire consequences. How much is the free model? KC3 wants to know. I imagine that would be free. I, don't, I didn't know there was. Maybe there will probably be some contests online. I know that uh, Nikola has some sort of contest to win the Badger. Uh, Chandler Magan, though, he says this, the truck will be made in Texas for sure. He'll wager a Freightwaves golf shirt over this. Apparently he has a Freightwaves golf shirt laying around. Well, Tom Curry. Yeah. I, yeah. You're going to have, what is he going to give up? I've got Freightwaves golf shirt. He's that confident. He, he's just going to get, that's what he said. Oh. Right. I think that's the joke. Uh, Simpsons. JPEG. Um, okay. Tom Curry says, don't worry, Dooner. Drop the cyber truck and get the new Ford Bronco. They're releasing tonight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not into, 
I'm not as into the Ford Bronco. I'm into the Cybertruck. I specifically want the Cybertruck. I feel like what the Ford Bronco is going to bring in, though, is a lot of guys aged maybe like 40 to 60 who remember the Bronco being a thing. Maybe one of them when they were a teenager in their 20s couldn't get one. Seems like one of those, like, what, what was that? The uh, Trans Am that they brought back? Which one did Chrysler bring back, Michael Vincent? It, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Trans Am. No, what was it? <laughs> Pretty, <laughs> um, I, I don't remember what they brought back. <laughs> to tell you, oh, well, they brought back the Charger. Yes. No, but in, in like the early 2000s, they brought back the Thunderbird. Maybe it was the Thunderbird that I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, that was a flop. That that was nasty. Yeah. So if that you got was over, nasty. Just, but I would do a Bronco, but I think I'd do a Cybertruck over a Bronco, but I think the Bronco is still pretty cool. Wow. And then Wayne Craig says, just, just spent a week driving in Texas. COVID-19 is raging there, and they are getting serious about wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, them in Florida. Good. Tough, tough times over there. What were we on? Am I supposed to answer this big deal, little deal with the, uh, with the Daimlers? So with the di- yeah, you do. So the Daimler recall of one hundred eighty three thousand. Okay, so what was going deal, on? The, little deal. The chemical corrosion issue that can, can slow that can slow the release timing of the brake module. They say it can happen yes. to. They say it can happen to one percent of the trucks. Yeah, I mean it's a big deal. We shouldn't be treating trucks or, or automobiles like we do software, where you just kind of release a patch to fix it in post. That's a pretty big recall. So hopefully they can catch those those things in advance the next run. But people will be aware of that if you're driving because it's co- it covers a wide range, right? It's uh. What is it? Freight liners be from four years ago up until the 2021 models. So it's about a five year. Yeah, it, it does. But I guess they don't have a they don't have a fix for it yet. The, I mean, the notifications don't go out till August 30th on this. Yeah. Well, I guess they're working on it. They discover it and they're figuring out what to do. Best way to handle it. Yeah, I guess it. what it does is it, it causes something to where it can uh, on braking. It can pull this, the, the vehicle to one side. Yeah, not good. No. Very difficult. Especially if you don't know which side it's going to pull to. Yep. So you got the next one here? I do. So Dooner Freight Waves posted five ways to help drivers maintain mental health. I'm not going to go through all five waves, but driver mental health, is it a big deal or little deal? I think it's a big deal. Uh, you know, trucking can be a macho industry and focusing on mental health has always, hasn't always been portrayed as the, you know, it, it's one of those industries where it's like, you know, just, just grin and bear it, shake it off. You know, you're just having a case of the blues, those kind of things. So yeah, suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, society's being more receptive to people being understanding of their own mental health issues. There's some great advice in there about staying connected with family, scheduling sleep, you know, stretching, staying mentally focused. Uh, the only thing I would have added that wasn't on those top five was eating, but maybe they just thought that was too obvious, keeping a healthy I, meal. I think the healthy diet was actually mentioned in, it was actually mentioned in their Dooner, but I agree with you. I think it's a big deal because mental health, it's a huge issue. And especially right now, they're likening a lot of the mental health right now to, uh, 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 PTSD. Uh, and you know, you got suicides up, you've got domestic abuse up, et cetera, et cetera. And mental health has always been kind of viewed as this, you're weak. Like you said, suck it up. You had to get over it. You're just having a bad day. It isn't that way. And the more we understand this, the more we, 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 we talk to people, et cetera, more people are going to actually seek help and not feel like they're weak if they ask for that help. So I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Chris Jolly and Eric Serta both agree with you. Chris Jolly says it's a huge deal. And then Eric Sir says everybody's mental health is a huge deal. Yeah, I'm glad in the past I've gotten, you know, help for mine and those resources exist and society. What does this say? Chandler Magan says you and your child could build the Lego version of the Tesla truck now with that resume 
skill set you have from your child's Star Wars creation. Oh, we've built a lot more since then, Michael Vincent. We built the home from Stranger Things. We built uh, yeah. the gate and the dinosaur from Jurassic Park, the International Space Station. I got a Saturn V rocket that's in its box right now, 2,000 X pieces that we're going to build together. We have been definitely getting deep on the Legos during quarantine. Yeah, I think he's saying you guys should, with all your skill set, you, sh- you could design your own. No, I know. Yeah, he is. It. No, I'm telling yeah. you, it's even more advanced than just the Death Star now. We have, uh, we've gotten even deeper into it. So, dude, uh, according to, tr- to chat, a lot of big news coming in in podcasting, according to TechCrunch, SiriusXM buys Stitcher for $325 million and steps up its march in the podcasting game. Yeah, I think the uh, well, I mean, it's a big deal for 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 SiriusXM uh, buying buying Stitcher, but I, I think in, in expanding their their platform and so on, I think it it really speaks to where human interaction and communication is going, and they're building out that platform and it positions them nicely, and it's a huge deal for the people at Stitcher, I would imagine. Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what we're talking about here, little deal. Oh, so what's the only, you know, on this segment, this is why you're wrong. You have to be able to compartmentalize, right? You have to be able to take, to take each section and view it in its own light and in its own way. Uh, is this a big deal? So here's, so here's why, here's a debate in my head between if it's a big deal or not. Stitcher's been, okay. SiriusXM, Stitcher's been making some interesting moves, right? SiriusXM, they picked up Simplecast, podcast hosting site. They picked up Pandora, which was a huge player before Spotify and before sort of individualized streaming came into play. I don't know if you still use Pandora. I haven't used it in years. To me, it's kind of a, a wash on a pickup. It seems like they're almost the, and I don't want to insult them, but like the AOL of that type of streaming platform. There's just been better iterations and better projects that have come out since then. But Stitcher, I mean, as Sirius XM, well aware, you got satellite radio, which is great, but more and more drivers turning to podcasting, got to have a platform yep. for it. Uh, now they're, they have, they've added uh, more than 150 listeners to their platform. I mean, I can just tell you from our own experience, Stitcher represents uh, less than 1% of podcast downloads for us. Same with Pandora. So not a huge needle movers. I, uh, what um, what, uh, what Spotify is doing, that's where we're at. That, what I think they're doing is really exciting. Um, so big deal or little deal? That's, uh, it's a little deal because I just think the acquisitions ah, they made there are There we go. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. So if we didn't compartmentalize, everything would be a big deal. We just call the section big deal. No, that's not true because some of these things, you know, oh, okay. like, that's not a big deal at all. All right. I just want to mark down. We both said little deal on that one. I Everybody did. take a note of that. I was so, challenging Duner, your Duner, Duner, we got We got to move on here. This is a, this is a deal here. I got one for you. NFL's Washington franchise is dropping its name and logo after 87 years. According to Yahoo, a Yahoo poll, the most popular new names in order are the red tails, warriors, hogs. I like that one. Red Hawks, generals, and senators. Big deal. Little deal, man. Uh, it's a big deal. I remember when this first started happened, like my sister went to Miami of Ohio. They had to change their name to the, uh, I, wow. The Red Hawks, I believe they went with. That's I, right. I, and then, then there was always that big holdout, which was, you know, Washington standing up there, you know, Dan Snyder saying he's never going to do it. Well, about a week ago, Nike pulled all their products out of their shop online and the, the big money, the real backers, the ones who can initiate some of these changes, they stepped up and they said, you know what? It's time. American history for you to do it. I like the name Red Tails. Talking about American history, talk about honoring the military, talk about uh, something amazing. I don't even have to change the color scheme. Red ta- the Red Tails after the Tuskegee Airmen. Before the Tuskegee Airmen, no African-American had been a U.S. military pilot. 
They also flew those beautiful P1, P51 Mustangs. What do you think? Which name would you go with? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I like the hogs, but I, I didn't even uh, consider the historic significance of red tails. I, I like that one. I like that quite a bit. I think it's a big deal, too. An even bigger deal is my Cleveland Indians are thinking about changing their name. We lost Chief Wahoo a few years ago, and I kind of agree with that. He was a goofy, uh, toothy, goofy-looking uh, <laughs> mascot, but uh, now they're changing their name. And my vote for there is go back to the Spiders, which they were in 1880. Yeah, I mean, so my, I don't my, my feelings on those things are even if something doesn't like necessarily personally offend me, I'm not saying these do or they, they don't. But what I am saying is that if they do offend somebody or they, they offend a group of people, they want the name changed. Then what do I care? I mean, I'm not beholden to it. I think Red Tails is a great honoring of uh, of things moving forward. You want to find this show? What the truck? Look it up on your podcast player anywhere or look up Freightcast. Get every single Freightways podcast, including the show you guys got coming up tomorrow. The midday market update. That's at noon Eastern time. We got another put that coffee down coming up at noon on Wednesdays. Then on Thursday, you got another midday market update. And we bring you home with what the truck live on Fridays, bringing it all back into wrapping a bow around it. Might right, Michael Vince. You can find him. On LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at Vincent the Dude. On LinkedIn, Michael Vincent. You can find me at Timothy Dooner on the Twitter, D-O-O-N-E-R. Look me up on LinkedIn. Keep the conversation going. Um, what else we got going on? Download the FreightWaves TV app. Watch all these stuff. See us live and in living color. Exciting and beautiful stuff. Eric Serta said, that's big Lego money. The Cybertruck and Legos and Steve Wilhelm says, speaking of acquisitions, can anyone confirm the purchase of Rand McNally by Pegasus Transflow? Not yet. Not while I'm on air, but maybe afterwards. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I can't confirm or I cannot confirm or deny the purchase of Rand McNally. (laughs) All right, well, we'll get on it. I think it's time for us to get out of here. Little cowbell for everybody for joining us today. Little cowbell for the Air Force. Little cowbell for the military. Little cowbell for insurance. Little cowbell for playing at four. Right. Right on. Little cowbell. Live at home. Peace and love, everybody. Take it home, everybody. Catch you next time. What the truck?